this much clear. There is no such thing as a showdown in Major League Baseball at the very beginning of May, okay? However, my goodness, this could be fun. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. Pirates versus Rays tonight in St. Petersburg. A veritable clash of titans, of, of giants of the game, of the two best teams in the majors to this point. All inside of a grotesque steroid-induced tuna can that they call a baseball stadium down there in St. Pete. You know, don't take it too super seriously. That's the main thing that I want to stress today. Uh, This isn't going to be uh, what the cynics and the skeptics Hope it is, which is, aha, here it comes. This is that moment. They're going to show everybody who they really are. It's not going to happen in either direction. Okay. The Rays actually have more coming down to do than the Pirates do. The Rays are 23 and 6 overall. That's insanity. And even within that, they're 14 and 2 in that awful tuna can. Both of those things are going to come back down to earth. They just will. There's no team that's that good in the modern era. Just doesn't happen. Same goes for the plus 103 run differential and everything about the race. They're just, they are all that. They should win the AL East. They should absolutely compete for the pennant. And yes, they are a World Series contender. Never won one, but they're a contender. I'm taking nothing away from them. I'm just talking math here, okay? I'm talking about simple, basic arithmetic. They can't keep up their winning percentage any more than the Pirates can keep up theirs. Pirates, of course, are 20 and 9, and that's really, really high, even if they weren't the Pirates. If that was any team in the league, you'd be saying, yeah, they're due for something of a comeuppance. So just like we saw the Texas Rangers get off to this phenomenal start, and then go into Cincinnati and get swept by the Reds, swept by the Reds, these things do and will happen. So don't read too much in either direction. I can't state this often or forcefully enough. What you want to see in these next three days, sure you want them to win, okay? I'm not being an idiot here. But more than anything... Just see them look like they belong on the same turf. I was about to say field. That's turf down there. Look as if you are not out of place in that environment with an opponent of that caliber. That is not, believe it or not, me setting the pirates up for failure or making preemptive excuses. I'm saying that neither of these teams can do this for a whole lot longer. 
And I'm saying that if the Pirates take, I don't know, if you're only going to focus on results, if they take one of three, two of three, whatever it is, you know, those are obviously, those are okay results. What you want to see is that they look like they can pitch with the Rays, that they look like they can hit with the Rays, that they look like they can catch the ball in that goofy place where the ball could be banking off some speaker and be in play. It, It just... You can tell that I really, I really don't like anything about that venue. But do all that. Do the stuff that I was talking about on yesterday's show where you focus on just getting better. The Pirates, my friends, are currently 11 games over 500. Let's stick with some math here, all right? If the Pirates finish the season 11 games over 500, how many wins do they have? Well, hang on. You have to make it 12 for it to work. So if the Pirates are 12 games over 500 and all they do is go 500 from now till the finish line, nothing other than being ordinary for all that time, they'll finish with 87 wins. That keeps you in contention. It's not where you need to be in all likelihood. So you probably got to poke another win or two out of that to get into the 90 range to make sure that you enter as a wild card. That's what's in front of this team. In addition to, oh, you know, five full months of baseball in which anything can happen. Guys can get hurt. Trades can happen, meaning good trades, the trades that bring you somebody back who can help you right away. All of these things can influence all these numbers. That's why I'm trying to get stone cold here. And tell you that if this team just looks at where it is, at how it's currently playing, and says, if we just maintain this, but continue to get better, then as each month passes by, as each series, each game passes by, we're going to become a slightly better baseball team than the one that started out 20 and 8. And that, that is where I believe the focus should be. Now, now, I have a little something to share with you. For a couple of weeks now, somewhat under their collective and figurative breath, players have been looking forward to this. That's not something they're ever going to talk about on the record or facing a camera or microphone or anything like that, but they've been talking about this series. They've been anticipating it. As you can tell from the results that they've gotten against the various opponents they've faced in the interim, they haven't exactly been distracted by it. But, you know, they're human. They're watching baseball tonight. They're watching MLB Network. Uh, They're seeing and hearing the talking heads glowing about the Rays and how legitimate they are, which they are, which they are. I'm going to repeat from earlier. And they're not getting anything other than a look at the cute, cuddly pirates in this uh, scrappy little role that they're on, which is most of what you're hearing. And they see that the Rays are getting all this love. And the Rays are, to them, they're a very good team, but they're a team that they see in spring training. They're a team that's not going to have some sort of mythical quality to it as they walk into the tuna can. There's nothing intimidating about that place. There's 
not going to be many fans there. If there are, it's going to be because there's a bunch of uh, former Pittsburghers filling the place up. Not filling it, but, you know, taking up a good portion of the seats that do get bought. So it's not going to be something where they go, um, let's say, for example, if they were to, I don't know, Yankee Stadium or whatever. Ooh, for whatever reason, that seems to spook people. That isn't this. They want this. They want this opportunity. They want to show other people, yeah, but I'm sure internally as well. They want to show each other. Hey, hey, look at us. Everybody keeps talking about how we're beating up on these bad teams and all these Reds and Rockies and everything else here and whoever else. We're, we're, we're for real. We're for real. We'll see, huh? When we come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Your front door, your car, your bike, your computer, your gun. Safety is a habit. Every day you lock and secure your home and everything you want to keep safe. Gun safety and responsible storage are no different and the best way to help prevent accidents, misuse, and theft. If you have a firearm, own it, respect it, and secure it. Visit ProjectChildSafe.org. Brought to you by the National Shooting Sports Foundation and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. Today's J1Q comes from Bruce, who says, ADK Baseball America and MLB Pipeline both have Dylan Cruz and Paul Skeens, both out of LSU as the number one and number two, respectively, uh, great possible picks, top two picks. Why can't this ever be easy? Well, Bruce, get ready to start saying the name Skeens a lot and get ready at the same time to fend off people who will reflexively say, well, no, it's got to be Cruz or else the Pirates are taking the cheap route. Skeens has rocketed. Skeens is a teammate of Cruz's. He is six foot six. He's a righty. He throws up to 102 miles an hour. And I want you to hear this quote recently from Texas A&M coach Jim Schlossnagel, who said, that Skeens ranks right up there with Steven Strasburg and Mark Pryor as the best college pitchers he has seen in his 33 years of coaching. Here's a quote from Schlossnagel. It's one thing to throw 98 to 100, but this guy is big and tall and loose, and he's got some life to that fastball. He's thrown a couple decent change-ups, too. He is a real pitcher. He is pitching in the wrong league, I'll tell you that. He needs to be in the American or National League. This coach is not the only one who is suggesting that Skeens could go straight to the majors, which I could be wrong here, but I don't think anybody's done that since Mike Leake did it with the Reds 
Back in 2010, a leak could also hit, so he had a couple of different ways that he could have kept himself in Cincinnati, but he obviously made a pretty nice career of it for himself there. It is really rare, okay? Strasburg didn't do it. Garrett Cole didn't do it. Uh, Guys who have been consensus number one overall picks, uh, even coming out of college, who you would think would have the, the age, the maturity, and the physical frame that you need, haven't done it. So it's pretty rare. But that's the tone in which they're speaking of this young man. Now, Cruz, and by the way, that's spelled C-R-E-W-S, so you don't get him confused with an O'Neill Cruz or whatever. Uh, Dylan Cruz is hitting home runs as if he's breathing. And he is still seen by most evaluators as the number one prospect in the class. But we are now starting to to witness a divide, a big gap between two and three, where one and two are sitting way up at the top. And all I'll tell you about that right now, meaning stuff that I'm hearing as it relates to the team and so forth, is that I got a text from somebody the other day as it related to my referring repeatedly to, oh, and just think, soon they'll add Dylan Cruz. And I've been saying that a lot, and they're like, hang on, okay? Hold the horses on that one. Uh, That might not be the choice. It might be this pitcher, if he continues to appear to be what this Texas A&M coach was describing, if you have a chance to get, what's a good word I can use here without overblowing the situation? Um, I was going to say generational. That's a little bit much. You know, Strasburg was that. And, of course, Strasburg ended up having all of his injuries and so forth. You're talking about someone who would come in to your system immediately and have legit ace potential. And by ace, I don't mean staff ace. I mean ace on the level of the major leagues, like a Justin Verlander, the way Verlander is seen, and and fairly so. That's what you're talking about, someone who is at that level. Do you value that, particular knowing that you can never get that type of pitcher on the open market without a salary cap system? You just can't. You just can't. You can you know, shake your fist at Bob Nutting all you want. You're just not getting a starting pitcher in free agency who's of that caliber. Would you see that if you're Ben Charrington and the rest of the Pirates as more important, uh, more of worth than another slugging outfielder, even if he's a great slugging outfielder? Sure, you can have fantasies about an outfield of Brian Reynolds and Jack Sawinski and Dylan Cruz, and you can also look at the fact that a pitcher is going to come with a greater risk component, just the way Strasburg was, because of, hey, one day he clutches his elbow, he walks off the mound, and there went all that investment. Uh, Man, like you said, why can't it be easy, right? I appreciate the question. You can tell this subject is not, not about to go away this summer. Let's do this again tomorrow, everybody. 